0: Well, a bookmark just fell out of my Bible, so I think I just lost a spot somewhere in here. We're going to see what happens. So, good morning. morning. I'm glad you're all here today. Man, what a difference a week makes. Last Sunday, I had on a Christmas sweater. Today, I got on a short sleeve shirt, so it's awesome. Uh, First of all, I want to thank the men of God that helped us this week. Both the Robs were here, Uh, Rodney Pate was here, and then Jimmy O'Neill and his crew managed just them guys did an awesome job getting this thing put together. And hopefully, we get the mulch out there this week and these kids will be ready to play on it. And yes, the this, slide this is fun. I had to test it, you know, I didn't want these kids to get hurt. It, it wasn't that I was out there playing, it was product it, it, testing, okay? So, will you please stand? We're going to read James 4 uh, 13 through 18. James, no, James five, thirteen through eighteen. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing songs. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of the faith will say, will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you will be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Will you pray with me? My Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for this opportunity just to come together and just to worship, and this is the freedom that we have Father, as we prepare for Holy Week, we just ask that you will speak to us, just open up our minds and our hearts to receive your message. Father, I ask that you'll just remove me from the situation and let your spirit flow through me. Father, I love you and I praise you. I ask you things in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. So we're in the middle of a war right now, and I'm not talking about Russia and Ukraine. I'm talking about a war right here in our community in our churches, in our nation, and in our world. You know, everywhere we look, there's demons and angels fighting right now. And we've talked about the last couple of weeks, what sin is, and about going into our community and fighting against it. But today we're going to talk about how, and that's through prayer. You know, prayer is always going to be our biggest weapon. And prayer is communicating with God and is our power source. Everybody in here has a cell phone, right? Even most of these kids probably have cell phones. And on these cell phones, we can do all kinds of things. We can connect with people on the other side of the world. We can take pictures. We can do math. We can Google stuff. They even have apps on there that you can take a picture of your math problem at school and it'll tell you the answer. I learned that from her. She taught me that the other day. (laughs) So we can use these phones for all kinds of good. But what happens if you don't plug your phone in? It dies, and it becomes nothing more than a glorified paperweight. And that's the same as us. If we're not plugged into the source, we become spiritually dead and become nothing more than a paperweight. So we have to be in prayer. The second part of this verse, on verse 16, skip ahead. it says, the, the, the fervent, effective prayers of a righteous man Avails much. You see, it doesn't say just any man; it says a righteous man. And none of us are righteous. It's impossible for us to be righteous, but we can be righteous because of Jesus. When we accept Him as not only our Lord or our Savior, but as our Lord, we become righteous, and our prayers can change this community, and we can go to battle. Second Chronicles seven fourteen. It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. See, there's four things here. It says, if my people. Number one says, humble yourself. God doesn't care who you are. He doesn't care how much money you have. He doesn't care what job you have. He doesn't care if you're the smartest man there is. He doesn't care if you're an athlete. He wants you to come before him and humble yourself. you got to come before him, and you got to take your crown off, and you got to humble yourself before him because he is Lord. And he is Savior. He is the King of kings, and we are nothing. And then it says to pray. And how many times do we pray, oh, well, Lord, you know, if you've, got, if you've got time, you know, could you take care of this for us? No, we have to pray. We have to pray with power and with authority. And it can't just be a monologue where we do all the talking. It has to be a dialogue where we talk and we listen. And we hear what he tells us to do. And then it says to seek my face. You know, all of us have got kids that we've sent to go get something. And they walk in the room and they go, I looked everywhere, I can't find it. And most of you wives will probably say that about your husbands, but we're not going <laughs> to talk about that. But it says to seek his face. You know, we have to go, we have to turn some things over. We have to move some stuff out of the way. We have to seek his face. Last Monday, I got up here, walked up to the door, stuck my hand in my pocket, my keys weren't there. So I started checking the rest of my pockets. I went back and checked the pickup, couldn't find them. Went back to the house, looked on the nightstand where I usually put them, they weren't there. So I was just supposed to give up. I guess I'll just take the day off today. You know, I can't find my keys, can't get to work. No, I had to seek for them. I had to move some stuff. I had to dig through stuff until I found them. And that's the same way we got to be with God. You know, we have to go looking for it. We have to move the junk out of our way and we have to seek his face. And then it says, turn from our wicked ways. You know, it doesn't say turn from our wicked ways in public. It doesn't say turn from your wicked ways unless you're with this group of people. It says turn from your wicked ways. And the biblical word for that is repent. It simply means you're going this way, you turn. And you look for God. You see, it says we have to do these things. Then God will hear our prayers and heal our land. Too many times we just want to pray and not make a change in our own lives. We just want to ask God to do this. And we expect him to just do it when we're not willing to do any of the work. And sometimes it's hard to pray. How many of you ever had had a day where you just feel like you got ran over by a Mack truck? You're mad, you're upset, and you just don't know what to do, and you just really want to hit something. But you know that you need to pray, but you can't find the words. Sometimes it's very hard. And sometimes you just got to drop to your knees. Romans 8, 26 says, likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what we should pray for. For as we ought, but the Holy Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. You see, on times when you just don't know what to do, you don't know what to say, all you got to do is drop to your knees and say, Jesus. And the Spirit will pray for us. And the longer you sit there saying, Jesus, you'll start experiencing that calmness. And all that anger will subside. And you'll be able to see things a little clearer. You know, when I first became a Christian... I was going to a men's Bible study, and these men would start praying, and man, they would use these big long words, and they would pray for 10 minutes, and I was very insecure, because I knew it was coming around to me, and I was sitting there thinking, man, what am I going to say, what am I going to say, you know, and I'm trying to think of all these big words, the only one I really know is photosynthesis, and I couldn't figure out how to put that into a (laughs) prayer, (laughs) so I, I was very insecure about my praying, you know. And when it would get to me, I would just, as quick as I could, say something, and, you know, it, it was hard. I was very intimidated to pray in public. It was hard on me. But uh, Jesus says don't pray like those hypocrites, you know. And that doesn't mean if you are one of those that has that prayer language, you know, you got a gift that I don't have. That I'm not calling you a hypocrite, but what I'm saying is when we pray, we just need to talk to God like he's our friend or like he's our parent. You know, when I come to him and say, God, I need this. You know, God, this is going on in my life. What do you want me to do? But see, that's where the monologue and the dialogue comes in. I can't just tell him all the problems and then just walk off. I've got to listen. God, what do you want me to do? And then when he tells me, I've got to do it. You know, when we go into this community and we're praying, God, how do we turn this community around? We can't just walk off and go somewhere else. We've got to listen. And we've got to be willing to do what he says. He says. You know, sometimes when you pray for a hole in the ground, God's going to give you a shovel. You know, it's time to get to work. And we pray for our community, sometimes God's going to give us things to do. He's not just going to bless it like that or grant it. Sometimes we've got to put in the work. I'm going to give you three reasons of why we should pray. Number one is to invite God into our lives. You see, far too often... We want God just to come in, kicking the door, saying, I'm taking over. But that's not the way he does things. Revelations 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. See, He's not going to come in and just, this is mine, I'm taking over. He's going to come in and he's going to knock. Hey, it's me. Can I come in? Oh, you're focusing on your job right now? Oh, you've got a new relationship you're working on? I'll come back. And he's going to come back. Hey, it's me. Can I come into your life now? Oh, your life's dirty right now? It's falling apart? Well, that's good. I'm a carpenter. I can rebuild it. I brought the Holy Spirit with me. He'll clean everything up. You see, we don't have to do it all our own. But we have to invite him into our lives for him to be able to come in. And number two, so we can communicate with God personally. Like I said earlier, if you don't charge your cell phone every day, it's going to die. If we're not communicating with God every day, we're going to become spiritually dead. You know, it, it's a discipline. Most disciplines take a while to get used to. Sometimes they're hard. Sometimes you're angry because Satan's going to do everything he can to keep you from praying every day. He's going to give you reasons why you shouldn't pray. He's going to give you storms in your life that's like, man, I just don't want to pray today. But we have to get up every morning and pray. And some of us use our phone so much we have to charge it multiple times a day. Sometimes we need to pray multiple times a day. All the time we need to pray multiple times a day. But sometimes we really need it. When, lives, when, when things are going really hard in your life, you've got to be praying more. You know, there are a lot of Christians in this world that only praying they can get in is on Sunday mornings. And then they go seven days without it. Imagine what it would do to your body if you only ate one day a week. We have to keep our spiritual body just in as good a shape as our physical body. We have to set out time to pray. You know, we set out time for things that take from us, but we've got to set out time for the things that died for us. And number three, prayer is our weapon. Luke 10, 19 says, I give you the authority to trample over snakes and scorpions and all the evil powers of the world. We have that authority. Matthew 18, 18 says, Says, assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Loose means we allow it. Binds mean we, we disallow it. You see, as men, we have authority over our wives and our children. We can pray for them. We can pray for them and we can take authority and give it to God. As a body of believers, we have authority over this community. When we come together and we pray together over this community, we can take authority from it. We can bind up Satan, and we can give it over to God. You see, we have a weapon. The most powerful weapon there is. I dropped another one. Philippians 2, 9 through 11 says, Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, Those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth. And that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory and God of the Father. You see, we take authority over our families, over our communities in the name of Jesus. Nothing can stand against the name of Jesus. Satan has no power when it comes to Jesus. And and Jesus has given us that authority. The same power that raised him from the dead lives in us. But we've got to be bold enough. We've got to humble ourselves. We've got to seek his face. We've got to turn from our evil ways. And we pray for this community. And we listen. And when God sends us out, we go fight. We've already talked about it. We've already won the victory. The war is already over. We already know the outcome. So why are we scared to go fight it? Why are we afraid to step out of our comfort zone, and go do what we need to do. Because Satan has given us a timid spirit. That wasn't from Jesus. That's not from God. That's from Satan. Satan wants us to just be afraid and cower down and be submissive. God wants us to be bold. Jesus said to go make disciples. He didn't say just come to church on Sunday mornings and do nothing. It's time we stood up and we go fight the fight. So humble yourselves. Seek his face. Turn from your evil ways and pray and be prepared to be the answer to your prayers. I'm going to close with this. I saw this the other day and I want to use it. I said, uh, when God created Adam, he didn't create Adam first. He created the garden first so that when he created Adam, Adam has something to do. That's the same with us. He's created us for something to do. There's stuff for us to do everywhere. In the book of Esther, it says, perhaps you were created for this time. You know, each and every one of us are in this town for a reason. God has put us all here. He's put us in this church. He's put us together as a body of believers for a reason. It's time we prayed. It's time we seek. And it's time we go out and fight the battle. Will you please stand? We're going to open up the altar like we do every week. And God's really laid it on my heart this week that, uh, man, we need prayer. The church needs prayer. You know, if you're struggling with something, humble yourself and come up and, and get prayer. If you're going through something right now in your life and you're just having a hard time, lay down your pride and come up here. You know, last Sunday in the evening service, I told everybody that I needed prayer, and I'm asking everybody in this church to pray for me and my family because we're struggling. This move has been very hard on us. It's been hard on my wife. It's been hard on the kids, and that makes it very hard on me. So we've got to lay down our pride, and we've got to show, you know, we're weak. You know, but through God, we can be strong. Ever since we, answered, we said yes to God, Satan's been attacking us. And it gets worse and worse and worse. And I'm not going to be the type of person that gets up here and just gives feel-good messages so Satan will leave me alone. I'm going to get up here and I'm going to say what God tells me to say. Even when I know it's going to hurt somebody's feelings because I'm not here to hurt your feelings. I'm here to love you enough to say what we're doing is wrong. And when God sends me out into the community to do other things, and we've got a few projects that we're working on for this summer, I'm going to continue to do that and I'm going to continue to fight this battle. But I'm asking you guys to help me out by praying for us praying that we'll have strength just to keep going. So I ask y'all, while Kathy plays, to search your hearts, search your minds, and if there's something that you're struggling with, you don't have to just come up here and say what the problem is. Just come up here and say that you need prayer. Man, a body of believers that prays together is unstoppable. Satan don't want us praying for each other. Satan don't want us looking after each other and lifting each other up. He wants us divided. If there's any hurt feelings in this church... Let's, let's fix them. Let's pray together. And if we spend the next two hours in here praying, praise God. But we've got to be able to humble ourselves and come up and say, hey, I need prayer. Whether it's sickness, financial problems, or just personal problems, whatever it may be. If you need prayer, I'm asking you, please humble yourself and come up here. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and we thank you for this opportunity to come together. Father, we just ask that you'll just speak to our hearts and to our minds and just uh, reveal to us if there's anything that we're hiding, anything that we've buried down that, that we're struggling with, Father. We should pray that you'll just give us, uh, give us things to do to just, to just to change this community, Father, and just to give it back over to you. Father, we just ask that everybody in this community and everybody in this church will just realize the priority that, we, that you are and that we will turn from our personal desires and just seek you, Father, with all that we do. Father, we just ask that you'll just uh, be with us, guide us, and give us opportunities to serve. Father, we love you and praise you. As she in Jesus' name, amen.